Yeah, beautiful worship, right? <laughs> Could just stay on there forever. <laughs> just love that. In fact, we uh, came in much early, Shobhna and myself, and we had a wonderful fellowship time uh, with uh, uh, Lynn and Wayne. And um, I just uh, felt during the worship as well that as we all came one by one, we just had this fellowship which was to honor God. Right, and, and I just got the scripture which says, where the Spirit of the Lord is there, there is freedom. And I just sense that even as we were worshiping, that there was so much of freedom um, which is in this place and in, in, in what God is building up in right now, right? And I just want to honor something very specifically, which is obedience. I just believe and sense that there is an obedience in this room, which is really, really an honor to God. You have been doing that not to please anyone, but you have been obedient because God has asked you to do that. And so I just bless you with that name, right? Um, so I bring greetings to you from Misaga Church. Um, we just had uh, <clears throat> a time that we were asked to uh, be here. So we have been here before. And uh, we just love the, the, the community here and, you know, all the time which we have spent. And many of us, uh, you have visited, I believe, I think, Louis, your name? Yeah, you're in, in Misaga, right? You have moved here, something like that? Okay, all right, okay, that's great. Um, so what I wanted to just uh, share or encourage um, is something more like a, a story, a personal journey, and, and just so work with me, and I love the setting. I could just get my backside rested here, so <laughs> we'll just talk it through. Uh, I'm going to read a lot of scriptures. I didn't share it with them, but I'm going to read it aloud, or we're just going to leave it so that you can look at them at some point. Um, but I really, um, you know, want to jog your memory down the lane where you want to know and think about the day when you had an encounter with Jesus Christ, right? Um, so just let's close our eyes for 30 seconds. I just want you to think about that. You know, the day and the circumstances and the setting where you received Jesus Christ. Ah, those are special moments, maybe, uh, something which you have been able to see that in your thought process, you know, visit that as a reference, maybe decades back or years back. I don't need to know about that. But the point I want to infer is that right now, between that time and now, you have transformed, you have made a journey. You have already moved on and moved up with what God has already planted in your life. And that moment when you gave your life to Jesus was a significant moment. And Paul says this in Romans chapter 10, verse 9. It says, if you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And that's the beauty of just being into a believer's family is when we, when we receive Christ. And that's actually shakes the world of saying that you didn't do much, but you got saved. What do you mean? Right? That actually baffles many of the religious 
sentiments of people around who understand Christ and being him being the savior part of it, that how do you get saved without doing a thing? I open my mouth and I confess he's the son of God. And I receive in my heart and he's raised from the dead and I'm saved. I confess and I profess. So there is obviously, you know, the, the place where we talk about being baptized and receiving him all everything. And, and so that's a significant part of your life. And again, I said, I wanted you to think about that 30 seconds because that is a very, very, very precious moment for God. It's, it's something which I cannot relive, but you can always know about that. And at this moment, whether it is decades old or a few days old or a few years old, I just want to know that that was such a precious thing, which God has built his life into your life. Right. And so um, in, in Lifehouse, we are definitely um, very encouraged and championing people to come and receive Christ. And also, you know, during the springtime and closer to not spring, during the summertime, we have even the Credit Valley uh, River where we go and baptize people. And so last time when James uh, did the baptism invitation, we had about eight people. And uh, yeah, um, uh, so we had to distribute because we wanted to do it quickly and there was picnic going around and everything. And so I was in the water and it was freezing still. It was cold. <laughs> so the guy I was holding, he was like already shivering. I said, do you have to receive Jesus Christ as a savior? I'm going to dunk in. He was like, yeah, get me out of here fast. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> I was making a, slight, a, a statement there. I said, you can be there as much long as you want to soak it. Right? I said, no, I'm out of here, man. <laughs> right? I'm sorry? Um, no, 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 no. It was down. Maybe June. Yeah, around June. Yeah, it was still cold. <laughs> yeah, because we normally used to have the honey, uh, bread and honey festival. So we didn't have that because, you know, the COVID didn't allow it to come back. So we used that kind of a holiday period to uh, do the baptism. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, again, so this is like incredible uh, interactions or personal encounters which we have. Right. And those are the very important foundation which we go through. Um, in Amplified version, it says, because if you acknowledge and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, recognizing his power, his authority and majesty as God and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved, right? And so just uh, just a few points I want to tell about um, my journey in terms of, you know, receiving Christ um, um, when I was 17 years old. And then, you know, um, like I had jobs, moved, uh, did my education, got married, you know, the whole life, like, right? And, and just add few more decades I don't want to give you an idea how old I am but uh, just few more decades down the line I'm just here but I see myself change uh, in terms of my physical appearance my wife has signed me up for good for life for going and sharing some uh, weight so she believes I've changed not in a good way so she's working on that one so that's the appearance part of it so I do know that part has changed but you know something which is very, very significant from the day you got received and saved Christ, uh, 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 received Christ, is that you have transformed, right? And the word I want to hold on to is the transforming life in Jesus Christ. And, and, and so it is a significant word. Um, and I want to kind of just work through some of the points to just work and encourage you. But... 
as I was saying, the, so in my time in 17 years, when I was 17 years, I was just getting ready for my engineering college. And so the whole world was out there. So I received Christ and I went to this college and it was like, wow, this is a free old, free world, you know? And so um, I had like the whole mind shaking up of saying that, you know, this is my life now onwards and I will be making my whole journey out of it. But I'm not saying that I was stuck in my ways, but I'm saying there was an anchor there was a transformed man which was there, which was holding the ground, and it walked with me, right? And it walked with me to a place. I'm, I'm also telling you the place where um, I was in a place where um, in a time and era when there was no internet. <laughs> and, and when the mobile phones came, BlackBerry was the champion from Canadian company. And then BlackBerry went off. So I'm, what I'm trying to refer is like, if you think, and that's what I'm saying, when you jog down the memory, a lot of things can change. A lot of time can pass by. But if you hold on to knowing what is changing inside, you'll be encouraged. And that's the transformed man I'm talking about because he's constantly being changed in the image of Jesus Christ. Right? Um, the word transformation in Greek, if you, if you look it up, is metamorphosis. Right? Metamorphosis in a very scientific and easy to associate word is associated for a caterpillar to go and change into a, a butterfly. Right? So uh, a lava who's eating and eating uh, all the plants uh, leaf and then you know one day uh, in a defined moment of their life cycle they go and just stick up, stick up on a branch you know develop a cocoon and uh, you know rest there and when they come out of that they're already transformed. So metamorphosis or the transformation is very significant because the inside man is always changing. And I'm saying man in the context of man and woman being there, right? So there's an inside person who's already changing. He's constantly moving. And you are not doing it on your own effort. Jesus is changing it for you, right? So some of the points I want to read. So John 1.12 says, but to as many as did receive and welcome him he gave them the right the authority and the privilege to become children of god so you got saved now you're a children of god he has given us the privilege to be called as children of god that is so important right and then it says on in second corinthians verse 5 17 therefore in anyone uh, if anyone is in christ he is a new creation New creature, new creation. And so here's my point. I personally would be very hard. Uh, it would be, uh, uh, I personally would be saying it in a very hard way to say that I have changed. I need references. When have I changed from the last time I met you? <laughs> now? <laughs> he's a good brother you see he's a good brother <laughs> I would say yes in the sense that now you're starting to read um, sight right. so those are the changes that sure. I've seen no that's so kind but yeah as a person like I haven't spent enough time <laughs> there you go to see that, yes. no that's that's true and that's honest that's true yeah. and that's very honest yeah. um, so we don't see ourselves being transformed and that gives a kind of an opportunity for the enemy to come. And we were talking before how the enemy is uh, a liar and a deceiver. And the Bible says he is a great manipulator. He deceives the world because he cannot create anything new. He will warp and he will give you a twisted lie 
and which we can believe on, we can agree on, we can hear him on, and that changes a complex uh, part of our life because now being transformed is still happening, but the effectiveness goes down. Right? And so what happens is because John 10, 10, which was quoted as well, the enemy comes to steal, to kill, and to rob. Rob in that uh, sequence, maybe not. But yes, that is what he is. Of your peace of your mind, of your job, of your relationships, of anything which is holding you anchored, the enemy wants to shake it up. And once you have this great gyro baseline of Christ being your anchor, he is not going to be uh, able to do that, but he's going to momentarily try to dissuade you. Right. So and many of our uh, time in our believer, and that's why I'm resuscitating in my journey and my life as well. It's not a it's not a smooth sailing of being a 17 year old lad to, um, you know, uh, where I am right now, 45 plus two, 47 years old. Then I give it my name. Anyway, you need to know my age now. So in that part of the time, it's not just that I have propelled myself of saying that. I want to do something for Christ and I've been doing it for Christ and I'm a champion and God has been no, 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 no. It's, it's a place where you reach and then you calibrate internally. God is calibrating that. And then you have some shake up, some changes and then you do that. What I want to encourage you is there is anchoring in Christ allows you to be transformed only upwards. It never goes downwards. And the scripture tells us, so just dwelling on the point of uh, discouragement which the enemy brings, a lot of us get into this, you know, non-productive areas of engagement. What I mean is like, I would not be having, uh, you know, significant time to fellowship with God or like have assigned myself to uh, areas which are not really aligned with God's plan as well. And then we get into this place where as we say, at some point when we repent or we have this realization, we say, God, what, what, where are you? What, what is it? Right? So then the realization unwinds and then says that you got into a place where you were deceived or you sidetracked. Right? But that is what the enemy can only bring about the change in our life. He can also emotionally get you um, in a place where you're stuck with things of negative, uh, negative things. You know, just thinking which are not going to work or what things are not working in my life or my spouse or my relationships are not bringing into me. It's something which you can get easily entrapped with. But God's fullness allows us to be full in every area, including a healing and restoration in our emotional life as well. The third part which I know is the words which we speak, which can get stuck in our hearts and our ways what we speak. Because with my words, I can hurt Wayne, I can hurt Rob, I can hurt, um, uh, you know, just by saying the words which you don't want to hear. The words of our mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable, as the word says. But what I'm saying is those are the easy ways for us to just kind of give into, talk into, and then the enemy just kind of gives a chatter chatter and keeps us busy with that. So all these three points, and including the last point which I want to say is the action which can be hurtful for people. If you want to snap out of it, you need to use the tools. You need to be aware of the, the wiles of the enemy. You need to be on the guard to be able to fend off those kind of thoughts, those kind of actions, those kind of you know, purposes which the enemy get, uh, uh, can get us entangled with. Okay? So if I can just make the baseline here is that if you can repeat with me, 
in Jesus, my life is transforming. Right? In Jesus, my life is transforming. It's a continuous, present, active. I don't know much grammar. My wife was an English teacher. But it is something which is present and continuous. So you are being transformed. But it is the power of God which is carrying you through any situation you will ever encounter in your life. And so I want to just dwell on four points, which has, which has got a massive impact for me to know that Christ is on my side and how I can continue holding on to that promise and the work. The first one being Jesus transforms, uh, transforms from an area of lack to the fullness and even to the overflow. You know, Peter, Peter was a great example. Obviously, when he, was, he became a, a disciple, Jesus went to his boat. He was looking and he went to his boat. And I mean, sorry, he went to the shoreline and Peter was washing his nets and there was a discouragement talk. I didn't get anything through the night. It's, it's just a waste of time. And Jesus said, come on, let's go inside the deep water. And he did allow him to walk, uh, to be on his boat. And they go inside and you know the story, like Jesus asked him to cast the net in the deep end. And so this man who was just saying that I know the trick of the trade, why this guy is telling me what needs to be done. The only thing which held him in that place was the obedience of this man. And that man transformed his life. And that is the power of Jesus. When he comes on the boat, he comes on board, boat and board, he has the power to transform. So from that time when he cast his net, he got not just enough, he got so much full that the net started to tear. And he had to call in help. So when you have Christ, and that's the transformed life, Jesus transforms the areas of our life from being lack to full to being overflowing. Right? And the Samaritan woman uh, example is great as well. When Jesus went to the well and she, was, uh, she served him, uh, she drew water for him. And on the whole discussion and encounter, you know that. Jesus said, I will give you the water, living waters, for which you will never thirst anymore. So you are thirsty right now. You know where to go. Jesus. But then he doesn't stop in there. He says, for it will become a well and a spring out of which the living waters will flow out. So when you receive Christ and the transformation happening in Jesus Christ, or Jesus doing the transformation in your life, he will not just leave you quenching your thirst. If you stick on to that relationship which you are, which you are holding on to it, which you are working together with Christ, you will not only be uh, quenched with your thirst, you will have the living waters flowing out of your belly. And I think when we were talking and then, you know, that we prayed over this uh, person outside who was being compassionate to talk about some other uh, situation this young girl is into. I believe this is the place where we are overflowing. We want to reach out. And so the Spirit is giving us a direction to pray. And we could pray. We could intercede. Right? So there is always a place where we, it's not about I, I, and me, me. It is the place where God has said, I've filled you up. Now go and fill the other places. So Jesus transforms areas of lackness. That's my first point. To areas of fullness. To a place of overflowing. The second one is, I love this one. Jesus transforms our mind. And mind is the battlefield. Nobody can deny that. 
you close your mind, you can conjure up the whole life. You can conjure up the whole, you know, thought process. And this is a great example for young people, um, um, especially my teenage boy when he was growing up. And, and even now when we talk about a lot of people who, who interact, and I went through this one. Thought process is a super highway. And your mind is a fertile ground. Right? What comes on your highway or like let's say the the top level if you allow if you allow the bird on that highway to come and land on your head and i'm saying it metamorphically in your mind to have this bird coming and sitting on your head that's the thought you invited it that bird could not be could be you know you invited a good one i'm not going there but i'm saying this is not really a good thought you invited and it can be invited or it can land as well let me be specific on there. But here's the point. You want the bird to go away, you just need to put your hand and wave it and it'll go away. But no, being aware of the thought, you want to make it dwell? Trust me. The bird will lay down, lay, stay there, build a nest, lay an egg. And the next thing is, you're holding the whole family of thought process, which is not really healthy. So Jesus allows you he has the power to change and transform our mind. And as, 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 as happy we are about the information highway open and to the internet being open and the websites being open, I think we need to be so diligent in what lands in our mind, what we feed on, what we are receiving on. And, and definitely the favorite verse is 12, 12, verses 12 uh, chapter 12, verse 2 of Romans, which says, do not conform to the pattern of the world, right? But be transformed by renewing your mind. Why? Because then you will be able to test and approve what is God's will in it, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. So confirmation to the world is much convenient to any of us and can be for each one of us. But Jesus transforms and he used those words to encourage us to say that if you want to be transformed, your mind needs to be transformed. And the word of God is the transformation power, has the transformation power. Paul goes on to say, um, I think in Romans he says, for um, uh, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God. So when you lift the gospel and you read or you meditate on the word or you share or you allow the Holy Spirit to minister to you, you are warring into a place where you are giving the power of God to go come and bring healing to your mind. And Jesus is central because Jesus was able to heal and bring transformation to our mind. So I want to just tell and emphasize not more than what I'm saying to say that Jesus transformed our mind, allow him to continue to do that. Right? Shut down the thought process which is not healthy. Let the birds go fly away from your mind. But work on a place where you are in obedience to God and allowing the word to just clean up the areas and the transformation will show. The third part I want to say is Jesus transforms our heart's desire. Oh my gosh, this is great. I have a lot of desires. <laughs> right is it aligned with God is it from God yes if you allow Jesus 
to work in your life and allow him the areas to be yielded to him. This is what I really word, I like the word to be used as. You allow him and you yield the areas. Now Jesus and the Holy Spirit will not come and wrangle out from you and say that, no, you're not supposed to do that. I'm going to take care of that one. There could be an obedience issue there. But the point is how much you yield is what gets you know, brought back to life. And so transformation of your heart's desire is what God plants it in Wayne's heart. And that becomes a desire which I want to live with. And that is what can then become God's will to be accomplished. And he will give us all the tools and everything to come alongside to make this happen. And so this is amazing. It says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, in John 15, 7, right? Um, whatever you will ask in my name, it will be done. So it's not wishy-washy wish list. It's not something I desire to make it accomplished for my sake. If I abide in God, if I abide in Jesus, and his words abide in me, so there is already a partnership, then he will give you the desires of the heart which he has already confirmed with. Why? Because that is what he wants to accomplish through you. You are the instrument, you are the channel, you are the conduit. God is empowering. And we always have this you know, side track discussion of saying that the fight is not between God and enemy. He has fought the battle. He has won it. And it was finished on that cross. The fight is on this ground where we are representing Jesus Christ and we are empowered to take the heavy, uh, 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 cast down the demons out of this place. And that is what the spiritual warfare we spoke about. And we were talking about, you know, the country being blessed. And I'm privileged and honored to be part of this country and this community because God allowed us to be here in His plan. But we also came in with a lot of thought process that this is a great nation uh, which is based on, you know, the biblical principle, which is now being challenged and being diluted by, you know, the community and the political statements and everything. But that doesn't defeat the purpose. The purpose for it to stand on the ground is right now. This country belongs to Jesus. And I say that in a way to not only acknowledge, but to encourage that you are representing that. And so words, what you speak, will affect the nation's uh, decision-making as well. And so it's not something which we just make it go away, but we can stop in, in terms of you know, interceding. Psalms chapter 37, verse 3 and 5 says, Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and enjoy safe pastures. Take delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him and do and he will do this. Right. So again, it's just just a completion of my um, third point, which says that the desires are going to be transformed by Jesus Christ. So just give your desires and thought process, align your thoughts and then the desires will be given from Jesus and that will be a transformed ones for you. Right? Louis, you are raising up two young kids, right? How old is the little one? Three months. Three months. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Sweet. Right? So as a father, you desire the best for them. Right? You desire that they will grow up. Even with the timelines, like we're talking about recession, they are not bothered. This young man will say that, you know, clean my stuff. <laughs> He's not bothered. You as a father are already bringing the best for him. 
your protector, your guide, your words. And that's what God is telling us. That I am there to take care of you because you are my heart's desire. You are in my heart's desire. And I'm transforming you inside out. So even as Lewis, look at the young man being growing up. He's also looking up to the father and saying that I'm the image. I'm learning. I'm growing. And that goes on. And so we represent the generation. We represent the generations. We are the generation which God has called us into. Right? And here is the last point I want to conclude with. Jesus transforms our future by the Spirit of God He has given us, which is the Holy Spirit. And this is very significant as we say, everything what we can accomplish, even Jesus before He left the world and He ascended to heaven, what did He say? I'm going to send you, I'm going to send you a helper. Right? A Holy Spirit, which will give you everything what you need. And you will work in ways even which is beyond what I have done. You will accomplish things. So this is staggering for, uh, you know, God who has shaken the whole world. And we are talking about 12 uh, men literally after uh, being anointed by the Holy Spirit, changed the whole face of the world and brought the whole nation, the country, the world to know about the Christ transformation. So the Holy Spirit is, 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 is the key which is Jesus confirmed and he said he will transform. The Holy Spirit will transform. But what I'm saying is why I acknowledge here uh, Jesus is to the credit because Jesus said he will go and he will send. So his going was a confirmation of sending the Holy Spirit for us. So right now we have access to the Holy Spirit and we, uh, he dwells in us. But we have the access in the power of the Holy Spirit to say complete and do the words which are important so the transformation is continuing and will continue in our future because the spirit of god is with us it's a beautiful scripture and i just for the sake of time just not read that but it says um you know the mystery that has been kept hidden for ages and generations but is now disclosed to the lord's people to them god has chosen to make known among gentiles and glorious riches which is in christ which is christ in you the hope of glory. So the Spirit reveals you even now when Jesus Christ is not resident on this earth. He is the Holy Spirit will remind you that Christ in you is the hope of glory. You see the, the, the relationship? So that's why we, we enjoy the Father, Son and the Holy Spirit relationship. It's not, uh, it's not um, independent but it is also codependent but it's also functioning in its own way. The full Trinity of God. The three head of God. Right. And um, um, we live in Canada. <laughs> How many of us know about um, a butterfly which is called monarch butterflies? Yeah, that is that is staggering. I mean, I learned obviously here, but I've seen a documentary about it and that baffles my mind. You know, the only point which is relevant for me to highlight in this story, as I come to this last point of saying what I'm saying, is that butterfly for the monarch butterfly they travel four generations in the migration of one path from mexico to canada four generations perish change live reproduce four generations and when they make their uh, transition back to mexico four generations pass back can you imagine god who has given this genetics to a parent who dies on the way to the promised land, if I can say that, right? And pass on the genetics of saying that you are blessed, you will go where you are destined for. And four generations, the genetics continues to know the map of 3,000 miles to land at the right spot. 
that is God who has created the small butterflies who have the navigation. And four generations back, they come from where they started. And so I tell you this time, in this morning, I want to tell you, you and your generations are blessed because the same genetic, which is a transformed part of God, is working in your life. And so you might be worried for your son, you might be worried for your daughter, you might be worried for your, even your parents. But the generation has to understand that you have received the transformation of God in your life. Jesus has transformed that. Hold on to that because that is not going to go away, even not for this generation, but the generations to come. And the word which is super, super exciting for me is Psalms chapter 105, verse 8 and 9 says, He remembers his covenant forever. <laughs> God remembers his covenant forever. Forever is, we are not forever, but he remembers his forever. And he says the promise he has made for a thousand generations. From the time of Abraham, we could be the thousand generation. We could be the 899th generation. I don't know. Right? Thousand generation. As he goes on to say, the covenant he made with Abraham and the oath he has sworn with Isaac. So the first generation is being defined here, the Abraham and Isaac relationship. But he's also telling you, thousand generations are covered, guys, of a fine, if you're not believing that forever. That's the part of his transformed power of life, uh, power of God in our life. And Jesus did that with the ease of saying that with your mouth you confess uh, that Jesus is Lord, right? And know that he has risen from the dead. And with your heart you believe you are saved. So I want to bless you with your saving relationship which you have received from Jesus Christ and know that Jesus has transformed. He is transforming. And as I asked you to repeat and uh, uh, be uh, be earlier. earlier. So as I asked you to repeat that, the transforming, transforming life is in Jesus. So I want to just bless you. Be encouraged. Know that your life is not stagnated. If it is something which you are not seeing that bigger one, know that Christ, he has transformed, he is transforming, and you are a precious child of God. It's done, it's finished on the cross, you are just working out your faith in this world. And not only for this generation, for the generations to come. May God bless you guys.